to the Museum Revealed podcast brought to you by Queensland Museum Network. Join me, Dr. Rob Bell, as we chat to the people that make museums so fascinating. The curators, the scientists and the researchers. We take a deep dive with conversations with these storytellers that inspire us to be curious about our past, make sense of the present and most importantly, help us consider our future. Joining us right now is Shannon Robinson, who works in the Queensland Museum's Library and Rare Book Collection. Shannon, tell me a little bit about your role at the museum. I, for one, didn't know the museum had a library, so why don't we start there? A lot of people don't know we have a library. It is a research library, so it's mostly for our staff um, and also external researchers from universities and other institutions. Um, so I've worked in libraries for about 15 years. I started um, in academic libraries and then I've worked in specialist research libraries for probably the last eight years. I do lots in our library because it's um, a special library. Um, it's not just books, it's also archives, um, what we call ephemeral collections. So that's objects, photographs, that sort of thing. Ah, so all kinds of, of so not, not your traditional library that you might go and just, just grab a book and look up a few facts. You've got all sorts of reference materials that the researchers here might like to have a look at. That's correct, yeah. So what would you say then is maybe one of the stranger things in the library that isn't a book? <laughs> um, so probably one of the strangest things, we have a collection called the Thomas McLeod Queensland Aviation Collection. So it was started in the 1960s by the head librarian, Ted Wigstead. He had a keen interest in Queensland aviation, lots of contacts in that field. So he built up the collection through donations from the families such as Thomas McLeod's family, um, Kingsford Smith. We have goggles in that collection, pieces of planes, oh, wow. um, artwork, signed you know, posters, photographs, heaps of photographs. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, it's certainly not the sort of thing you would necessarily expect to find that's right. in a library. Is there a Dewey Decimal number for a pair of goggles? Does that work? <laughs> you know, there probably is a Dewey Decimal number for a pair of goggles, but um, no, this collection doesn't work that way. All right, so you've got a different way to categorise all that's of the right. more ephemeral objects. That's right, yeah. Yep. Excellent. Um, so does this mean that you need to, I suppose, be relatively up to speed with the collection? So if a researcher comes in wanting information on a particular thing, it's your job like most librarians when someone comes up and says, oh, I'm really looking for something like this, you've got to know sort of where to point them? That's correct. And part of being a librarian is managing your collection. So having things like library catalogues so that obviously um, I've been here for a year and a half, so I'm still learning the collection um, as people ask me questions about what they need for their research. Uh, so fortunately there's a library catalogue where you can you know, search for all this information. But yeah, you do need to kind of be able to, I mean, Dewey Decimal's great in the fact that it's that classification system. So you kind of know 500 science, um, that would be a fairly big yes. section, I imagine. <laughs> that's, that's correct. Um, and of course we have a wonderful rare books collection, which um, is, very useful for our researchers even today. It's good to be able to know what's in that collection. Yeah, I imagine like most librarians, they will have that sort of almost a, a sixth sense of once you've been there a while of, ah, I know the sort of area of book or the book that That's right. is gonna help you out because it's helped several people out before and yeah. Exactly, yeah, it's that institutional knowledge that obviously you build up over years. Unfortunately, 
um, a lot of the staff here are very helpful and are able to point me to the things that they love in the collection. Oh, have you seen this? Let me show you. Excellent. So getting, I suppose, back to books, because that's probably where most people, what most people think of mm -hmm. when they think of a library. Um, what are some of the rarer books that you've got in your library? I imagine you've got some, being a museum, it's not just a, a reference collection for people to look at, but you've probably also got some pretty interesting rare books. That's right. So the um, library collection here at the museum actually began in 1876, and that was because the museum purchased a collection from a scientist at the time, Charles Coxon, who's heavily involved in the instigation of the Queensland Museum. So they were actually working scientific reference text. And back in the 1800s, I guess it was that period of enlightenment where there was a lot of research and investigation and exploration going on. So it's the first time a lot of species were identified, illustrated, so it's that, that history that is still referred to today in scientific work. We have things like expedition reports, which are the like oceanic pioneering voyages that occurred in the 1800s. Oh wow! So you know they would take you know maybe 10 years where they're exploring the oceans, visiting countries, collecting specimens, you know, writing in their notebooks. They come back mostly to England um, and write up their findings. Um, and so. You know, that's where there's a lot of, they rely on illustration yep. from artists. Um, they're absolutely beautiful. I was going to say, so some of these books are literally handwritten and hand-drawn? Well, they're, they're published. They're yeah, published. Okay, all right. yeah, yeah, they're published work. But um, yes, there's a lot of um, hand-colouring on the, um, the illustration. Like before they could just jump on a computer and, you know, exactly. <laughs> get an illustration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, well, it wasn't even that long ago that scientists, and I know some still do, would look down a microscope and literally draw what they saw. That's right. So we also have notebooks and diaries which are handwritten. Um, one of those is by John Gilbert who um, was the assistant to John Gould. They came out to Australia in the 1840s to document Australian birds um, which resulted in an impressive seven volume set of 250 editions. So the museum library actually has a complete set of that, so one of the 250. Wow. Um, and that is all, it's a huge book, it's about 50 centimetres tall and there's 600 plates across the seven volumes um, where they have illustrated, so they've roughly sketched the birds, they collected specimens. Um, after completing this work, John Gilbert came back to Australia and joined Leichhardt on his expeditions and had cut pages out of other books that they'd produced annotating so updating the information wow so there's yeah it's kind of like a scrapbook yeah. it's cut and paste and he's got this teeny tiny handwriting um, a scrapbook from almost 200 years ago exactly and uh and there's, there's feathers that oh. is pasted into the book and that's all just still sitting there as sort of a a snapshot in time i guess exactly yeah yeah wow wow that's awesome well yeah such a great thing to have um so have you got anything in the collection that's older than that. I mean, that's that's dating back to not long after Australia <laughs> was colonised um, by white people at least. But but um, what have you got in your collection? Have you got anything older than that? Well, our oldest book is from 1554. Okay, wow. Um, so it's written in Latin. That's pre-Shakespeare even. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, the author is Rondelet. It's can't obviously uh, see the Latin title for you, <laughs> but, this, but the translation is Summary of Marine Fishes. So this book is, it's prized 
because it's the first time in sort of that modern scientific era where a complete book was written identifying species. Uh, it was also cutting edge at the time because he was, so he illustrated, he did woodcuts, um, prints of specimens that he was actually seeing. So previously it was kind of like word of mouth. Oh, hey, this person saw this. And then they'd sort of illustrate based on, on words um, where he was actually looking at the specimens. Uh, although, because it is the 1500s, um, people did like to imagine what was in the ocean. <laughs> and so he does have some fantastical beats. Is there a kraken in there somewhere maybe? <laughs> or a... You know what, there probably <laughs> there could be. Yeah, he has like, you know, half man, half fish, oh, that wow. sort of thing. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And he, he's reported to have said, I will neither confirm nor deny if this is actually a true specimen. We'll come back shortly and hear a little bit more from Shannon about some of the books and interesting artefacts in the collection. Did you know Queensland has more animal species than anywhere else in Australia? We are one of the most biologically diverse places on earth. With over 300 specimens to explore, take a tour through our breathtaking environments and discover how we need to protect and preserve our natural world. Visit Queensland Museum's Wild State Exhibition today. Welcome back to the Museum Revealed podcast. We're chatting with Shannon Robinson, who works in the Museum Library. And I just wanted to pick up on the oldest book in your library, which you let me know was from 1554. I have so many questions about this book um, still. For one thing, does the paper different to the paper books would be on traditionally? I mean, it must be a little bit different. It is different. Um, the paper is actually thicker um, and it's the rough edges as well. So, you know, kind of been roughly chopped. So it hasn't come out of the uh, the sort of the printing press at the uh, the, the shop downtown or anything Absolutely like that? Absolutely not. It hasn't was... been printed out on someone's uh, <laughs> dot matrix printer at home. The early days of um, publishing books. Well, that's right. I mean, the printing press had only been around for 100 years or so. And tell me, is there how do you preserve a book like that? Is there any damage that's been done to it over the previous whatever 500 odd years? Um, there definitely has been damage done to the book. Um, this book actually has evidence of bookworms through it which I found fascinating coming into this collection. So bookworms are a real thing. They're bookworms? not just people who like to read. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And they do really burrow in. So I can totally get the expression bookworm. So like, they, they like little holes? They like leave little holes, oh. yeah, yeah. Wow. So um, a lot of the books in the Rare Book Collection are quite fragile, um, partly because, you know, obviously the early days of publishing, printing, the binding was the hand-sewn. Oh, okay, um, yep. And these were working books. Scientists of the day were referring to them constantly. So some of them are falling apart from their spines. So, so in its time, it would have seen quite a bit of use. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it would have been well-loved by I, its yeah, owners I, throughout the time. And I can only imagine how a book from today would look in 500 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wouldn't hold up quite so well, Probably I imagine. Probably not. Tell me, do you have a favourite book in the collection? Um, imagine there's a lot of books in the collection. You've already mentioned a couple of favourites. Is there anything there that stands out, I guess, in your time there? So since I've been at the museum for a short time, uh, I keep finding like my new favourite uh, item. Yep, um, I will say that um, John Gould's book of um, Australian birds, those seven volumes are just lovely to look at. But if, um, so since I've been here, I have discovered that uh, a Brisbane um, natural historian Sylvester Diggles, not long after the Gould books came out, 
decided that he should make an every every man's version uh, because obviously Gould's books were very expensive to to purchase. So he had an ambitious uh, attempt at doing this. He had sketched himself maybe 600 plates but was only able to actually publish 167. <laughs> but he was doing it like a serial publication, so you know they came out you know, sporadically across the time. And the museum was able to collect them as they, well, they were sold to the museum. So as they came out, the library received copies. So you've got sort of both iterations of That's Gould's right, work. and his illustrations are equally lovely to look at. Oh, excellent, excellent. So tell me, with these um, older and rarer books, how do they come to be in the Queensland, for example, the book from 1554, how does that come to be in the Queensland Museum? Does it come from a private collection, presumably, well, or another museum? Some of our books do come from private collections. So um, the Queensland Museum Library Collection has developed through donation, uh, but also through purchasing. And so for the Rondelet book, that was actually in exchange with the Australian Museum we gave them some items from our museum collection and in return they had two copies of this book. Oh, well they don't need two copies. <laughs> and so um, we were able to get that as well. No one can read two books at once. <laughs> exactly. Well that sounds like a good deal all around. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Um, now I want to get on to something that I've been told is in the library and I hope you can tell me a bit more about it. I gather there's something in there that belonged to Dr Seuss. Uh, probably not his real name, but anyway, can you tell me a little more about that? <laughs> Everyone knows him as Dr. Seuss, so we'll That's call true. him Dr. Seuss. Uh, what we have is this great publication from 1943. It was put out by the US War Department. The book is called This is Anne, and she's dying to meet you. It's about a fly, um, and it's for the soldiers in World War II to kind of give them some information about malaria and how to avoid it. Wow, so it's sort of like a... a public service announcement that we might That's do. These right. are a slip-slop-slap campaign. Yeah. But back then, back then yeah. for a, probably an equally important cause, but and but done by Dr. Zeus. That's right. So when you look through the um, font, the illustrations, it's very Seussian. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a great little read. And we were lucky to get that into our collection because a, a local uh, entomologist who specialised in mozzies, Dr. Elizabeth Marks, uh, donated her collection, specimen collection, and this actually was part of the paperwork that came with it. Who would have thought Dr. Seuss would be saving soldiers from exactly. malaria? Exactly, yes, yeah. So All thanks to now the Queensland Museum Library. That's fascinating. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the Museum Reveal podcast. It's been fascinating. And to everyone out there who's been listening, what did you uncover in this episode? Are you interested in learning more? Well, you can follow the Queensland Museum on social media at QLD Museum or just head to the website qm.qld.gov.au and you can sign up to the e-news list while you're there so you can stay up to date. Don't forget there are show notes that go along with this episode. You can actually click on that and find out even more about some of the things that Shannon has mentioned like that really old book. And until next time, stay curious.